I would say it's probably at least 50 to 60% of a, of a, a technician's job is communicating with that customer. Cause that's where they have to build that trust and, and build that rapport with them so that, you know, you can, you can do a good job and get, have excellent customer experiences. You're listening to Toolbox for the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders, their best tips and tricks of the trades, learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition, and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to Toolbox for the Trades. Today's guest is Pete Bradham, the president of Bradham Brothers, an HVAC and electric shop in Charlotte, North Carolina. Pete and I spoke about how important it is to break out of your comfort zone and how he spearheads change as a second generation owner. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Pete Bradham, you are the president of Bradham Bros in Charlotte, North Carolina, an HVAC and electric shop. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, I am. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I am so psyched to have you. You actually partnered with one of my colleagues, Mike Persinger, on a marathon story that's featured in our blog, which is all about how you onboarded with Service Titan. And Mike, he just has says nothing but great things about you. So I am so excited to have you on the show and to share your story with all of our listeners. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, it was a great ride and it's still going on. And Mike is an awesome guy and I, I really appreciate him. That's awesome. So I'm going to kick off this, show, this episode the way I kick off every single one, which is how did you get into the trades? I can kind of say I was born into the trades, you might say. My dad and my uncle started the business uh, a few years before uh, after I was born. So it, you know, it was just kind of like a lifestyle. I didn't realize it until I got quite a bit older and you know, started thinking about, yeah, what am I what am I going to do with my life and uh, you know, sort of reflected on, you know, following those guys around for a long time and you know, sort of at first decided, hey, maybe I, uh, maybe I want to be a mechanic, and uh, and eventually kind of figured out that, hey, this is a pretty good deal, uh, being in the trades and and watching my father and uncle sort of work hard and halfway enjoy themselves. So, you know, I followed them around for quite a while, and and you know, grew up in it, and just had a knack for using my hands and, and kind of being, you know, troubleshooting and, and things like that. Later, I, I grew to understand that, you know, talking was part uh, of the job. So, you know, it, it that's kind of how I got into it and sort of evolved into it, but, you know, did consciously make the decision to uh, follow in my father's footsteps, which was pretty exciting because, uh, you know, dad was a great role model to me and a lot of fun. You said that you were thinking about being a mechanic. You looked at this shop that you basically grew up in. And then you so you said, and I, then I realized talking was part of the job. Was that something that was a little foreign to you? I'm not naturally a talker. Um, I'm generally pretty shy. Um, as I've grown older, I've kind of grown out of that. But uh, yeah, as a, as a young man, I, uh, I, I didn't speak much. You know, I kind of stood back. I guess it, it naturally came from following my 
father and uncle around they you know they they took the lead at most of the time but uh, eventually it got to where it was my turn to do that and uh, that's when i kind of realized that communication is a a big part of our trade it's a lot easier now i can i can you know kind of reflect on those first times i had to actually communicate with a customer myself and uh you know it was a little uncomfortable but you know i, I grew with it and went on so communication is a big part of this trade I agree. And that's why I'm so happy that you mentioned that it was something that you struggled with because so many technicians do that. And so many folks that get into this trade because they're good with their hands. And then when you find out that this really is a people business, I, I've heard that there's a lot of, oh, crap moments, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better word. <laughs> no, you're, you're exactly right. You know, it, it, it is a big part. And, you know, I, I try to teach these younger kids as we as they're growing, growing up through it to know, just be natural and just don't really overthink it. Of course, obviously you got to have the answers that you need to have. So you don't have those old crap moments. I don't know what I'm talking about. You, you can't, you can't fool people with that, but just go at it naturally. It, it is a, I would say it's probably at least 50 to 60% of a, of a, a technician's job is communicating with that customer because that's where they have to build that trust and, and build that rapport with them so that, you know, you can, you can do a good job and get, have excellent customer experiences. I'm curious, when you were trying to learn the talking side of the business, what really helped you? Was it following scripts? Was it just role playing? Was it just doing it over and over again? It, it was mainly doing it over and over again. I was always really uncomfortable with role playing. I couldn't figure out how to be natural, but I will admit, even though it was really uncomfortable and unnatural to me, it sort of broke the ice. It got me past that part of somebody looking at me and me being embarrassed of what I say or something like that. Scripting, Naturally, just sort of did that in my own head, just as sort of an introduction and things like that. But, you know, just just kind of going repeating it, you know, definitely, um, you know, working through some issues of being able to answer a question uh, sort of was, you know, a stumble at first. But, you know, after a few of them, you sort of, you know, find yourself at talking to just like a friend. And uh, that that really is kind of where it kicked in is uh, where I learned how to talk to someone as they were my neighbor or just a good friend. And, and then it just came natural. You didn't have to worry about it after that. Obviously, I am a natural talker. I was raised this way. But for me, the idea of like fixing a unit or doing some of the stuff you do in your day to day is just blows my mind. So, you know, I feel like it's always important to we're, we kind of have these natural talents, but cultivating new ones and cultivating new skills are always in our wheelhouse. We just have to kind of throw ourselves in, into the deep end, for lack of a better metaphor. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, things that come unnatural to us and that are out of our comfort zone, I feel like that's, uh, you know, when you get out of your comfort zone a little bit, that's where you really can grow and, and you know, develop those skills that, that are important to you. It's just, you know, it's uncomfortable, but I've learned that uh, that's that's where the positive comes out of it, being out of that comfort zone. Speaking of getting out of your comfort zone, thank you for giving me that wonderful transition. So you took over management of the business from your father. So you basically grew up in the business and then there came a time where you took over for your father. And I'm curious, when you took over leadership, what things did you want to keep the same and what did you want to change at Bradham Brothers? 
when I sort of took over, it was kind of a surprise. So I didn't have, you know, a whole lot of time to sort of think about it in the beginning. So it was, you know, it, I, I knew as, as I was growing through the business that, you know, my, my dad and uncle had a great thing going on. The, you know, one of the, the biggest things that was important to them was, you know, doing the right thing all the time, no matter it, whether it sacrifice customers, uh, not customers, but the financial side of the business, you know, you did whatever was right. So that was one of the big things that I really wanted to ensure that as we grew and changed through leadership, that uh, we would keep those those strong morals and foundations that, you know, do the right thing. Customer services, 100% of our goal is to give them the best experience that they can. So, you know, I wanted to keep that part of it and I wanted to keep it as a family. You know, I wanted to, you know, stay involved as much as I can and keep all of my leadership that that I would bring on uh, as family and, and, you know, not be stuck in an office, not you know, away from the people, away from the customers. Uh, so that those were some big things that I wanted. But of course, uh, when when they were involved in the business, they did a lot of stuff. They did pretty much, you know, five or six people's jobs. And, and I knew that wasn't going to work for me because there's only one of Pete. So, yeah. you know, I had to to sort of had to sort of pick some leadership, unfortunately, really quick. But uh, fortunately, it was uh, some really good decisions on my part. I, I got lucky and kind of stumbled apart, you know, through that part. But definitely wanted to to keep those morals and things like that, and keep the company growing and and keep a good brand and things. So you know, not a whole lot of change. But after it all had set in, it everything had changed, which was okay. Of course. And I want to commend you for being able to respect your father and your uncle for what they built, but also being able to identify, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I don't want yeah. to have five or six jobs. So finding those opportunities where you could be more efficient and really focus uh, your attention on what matters as an owner. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I wanted. You know, I, I, I watched them do so many things and, and work such long hours and the long hours doesn't go away. That's OK. But I really wanted to focus on trying to grow our business and, and you know, keep keep that growth going. So, you know, that that's what allowed me to, to find those those people to take care of those things and know that I don't have to go behind them. I don't have to you know figure out if things worked well. Um, they did that and it allowed me to kind of push forward. That's awesome. So you also mentioned that you took over leadership pretty suddenly. So you really, again, having to throw yourself into the deep end, how did you keep yourself motivated and going during that really, I'm assuming, tumultuous time transitioning from, I don't know what position you were at before you took on the leadership role, but transitioning from being a member of the crew to being the person who leads the crew? Yeah. Um, yeah. When, when, uh, when, when I sort of transitioned for in the beginning, my, my father, uh, became sick. So it was like a light switch and, uh, you know, it kind of got through in my lap. I never expected it to be like that, but, uh, at the time I was halfway selling, I was still going out selling, selling jobs and things like that. Uh, and it, being really involved already in decision-making, which was great, but, you know, it's a whole lot different when you're bouncing ideas off of people that you know can make the decision. It was a lot easier for me. I just, I was kind of like a, 
not necessarily a yes man, but yeah, I kind of ensured that, yeah, that that's probably a great way for us to be directed. It was a scary transition at first because it was so unexpected, but honestly, it was, it was the best way for me. And I, 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 uh, I didn't see it coming, but it worked great. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm so sorry that that happened to you because that must have been emotional in addition to just jarring having to go into this new position. Um, and the reason I wanted you to bring it up is because a few episodes ago, actually it's probably a couple dozen episodes ago, we had someone talk about um, the importance of secession planning because unfortunately his father passed away very suddenly and he had to take on this leadership role. And they were the family was basically doing detective work to figure out how things worked. And Mm -hmm. so I just wanted to bring that attention. It sounds like your father was still able, was still there, but he just could no longer run the business, right? Yeah, yeah. um, You know, it was uh, it was tough for him. um, But uh, luckily for me, yeah, secession plan is 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 definitely a a thing that has to be looked at. Even if you have partners that are in the business, I feel like it's still extremely important because yeah, you could you definitely use lose that key component um even though uh you know you'll make it yeah everything will be fine but you know having a plan is is much easier and yeah it was a little scary but you know uh it it worked out well i'm glad and by the way uh that episode that i referenced which is not a few dozen episodes ago it's actually episode 49 and this is going to end up being episode (laughs) 111 or 12 i believe so quite a few episodes ago it's with trevor lively so if anyone's interested in learning more about succession planning i highly recommend that episode so pivoting back to pete you taking over the business championing um making some changes that you thought were best for you as an owner I'm curious, um, how do you champion growth and development at Brad and Brothers, especially as a second generation owner? Yeah, um, I, I just I just sort of do it uh, a little differently than my father and uncle did. Um, you know, we 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 never really looked at growth a lot because it just came to us because the city was growing so quickly. There was just plenty of of work for for everybody. And, and luckily we were, you know, one of the few that were sort of in our area. I mean, there was a bunch, but m- my dad and uncle had such a, uh, a customer base from a long time. He really never had to look at growth too much. Um, so when I came, everything changed. Our city had grown. People, you know, we had, we had sort of come out of a recession. So a lot of companies had popped up and were, you know, taking some of that thing. So we sort of had to step back and adjust and say, okay, yeah, word of mouth is great, but uh, there's a lot of different things that we have to do now. We, we, we never advertised. We did nothing of that sort. We had no budget for advertising and things like that and branding. And uh, when 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 I sort of took over, it was time to say, OK, yeah, we got to get our market back. We got to continue to grow and uh, get out of that. Uh, I call it the comfort zone um, because, uh, you know, we, we had such a bank that we were very comfortable and it's great. It's comfortable. You don't have to worry too much, but uh, I feel like if you're in that comfort zone, you're not growing uh, and you really had to push forward. So I slowly started to, you know, change things and and, and ch- channel that brand awareness, sort of keep that brand that, that they worked for so long to keep. It shows up in our reviews and, and that's 
that's kind of how I addressed it. Slow, calculated, not trying to change the world in, in, you know, two years. So just take it slow, calculated and, and push forward and still build that break grand brand. I remember reading up on Brad and Brothers in the history, especially what Mike had written, which is we referenced at the top of this episode and word of mouth referral was so important to your dad and your uncle, because obviously that's your reputation. If you can keep the business running on your reputation alone, what a testament to how great your business is. But I commend you on being able to look at the future and see, you know, we are comfortable here. But we do have to grow or else we're going to be, we're eventually going to lose this business to folks who are advertising and who are building up a great brand. So I commend you on having that foresight. How did you start bringing folks in from the existing team being in this comfort zone and convincing them to go along with your way of thinking? I can clearly remember it. There was a there was a day when, you know, things had somewhat settled it it took you know when when we had to transition there was a little time where you know it was a little upsetting because my father was such a big figure in the company and and everybody had those relationship with him he he knew everybody he had nicknames for everybody so you know it was a little bit of a shock to the whole company and you know i, I sort of waited and you know let everybody sort of digest sort of new things and and i can remember it clearly we had a i had a big meeting with uh, some of my leadership that was slowly you know introducing him because when when it all went down it was very sudden but i had to bring people and say look you got to help me with this right now and uh we we had a meeting and just said look listen we you know we got to there's this this is all news we got to get out of the comfort zone and 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 luckily for me um i i think uh you know not everyone is as charged as i am but these guys that are around me they jumped right in and they were excited to grow and 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 grow themselves which was great um which helped the company tremendously they were excited for new things they were you know they they knew that they had a great foundation to build off of and and really dug in and work and said you know we're gonna we're gonna make this better for us and for our customers and it was it was nice i mean it it's great to have good team that's behind you and excited to to break new ground and you know it was, it was a lot of fun i i, I love this business that's great <laughs> i actually you said something at the beginning of your answer that I've never heard before. And you said that because it was so sudden, I really had to take it slow because the change was so sudden. And the people that worked for us had such a great relationship with my father. It's almost like everyone had to grieve the loss of him, even though he was still alive. The fact that he wasn't with the business created instability, a sudden loss that the whole company had to acknowledge before you were ready to implement changes. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they, you know, we had, they all had such a good relationship with my father and my uncle, you know, my uncle hung around for a while trying, it was, he was at the time where he was ready to retire before my dad got sick. Um, and, uh, he, he hung around, but, you know, it was kind of like a, uh, you know, a slamming of the door, you might say, um, they had such a great relationship and yeah, they had to, essentially somewhat mourn that loss and because it, it's uncomfortable it's you know when someone has been there that you've been relying on and sort of 
bouncing your your decisions off of and they're gone yeah you you have they're missing and you're missing something so you kind of have to sort of take it all in let's get past it let's work through it and, and go to the next step and they all did that so it was great that's great that's great but i just i have to just give credit like i love that you were really knowledgeable of that and that they were going through that. And I think that's a big lesson for folks listening to take in, especially folks who maybe are coming in as new owners, maybe they're acquiring through PE, what that transition looks like. Because one thing I notice in the trades is that they really are these really cohesive network of friends and family that really develop this strong bond and relationship. And whenever you inject change, you really have to mourn the loss of what used to be in order to make space for what's what's gonna happen. So I'm just so happy that you were really mindful of that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, I, I I did it. I didn't even know it was happening. So you know, I I don't know the answer to that. It just it just happened. <laughs> I was I was able to to uh, sort of bring it all together, but you know, it just naturally happened. So yeah, I'll, I'll take you know, a little bit of credit, but not totally. <laughs> you know, I think we'll say it's a testament to your character. And sometimes we don't realize we're making decisions when we make them, or we, we don't yeah. realize we're making choices when we make them. And when you reflect back on them, you're like, Oh, I'm so glad I did it that way. Um, sure. Something to think about. So I know you oh. leaned on a bunch of mentors as you were going through this growth stage, as you took leadership on uh, what, are some of the biggest lessons you learned from those mentors that you would like to impart on our listener? Uh, the, the mentors I had were, were all kinds. Um, you know, my dad and uncle were big mentors to me, uh, but I knew that, you know, they needed to, to do different things. So uh, I leaned on a lot of mentors just in my community and in, 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 in other trades that we had been involved with uh, plumbers and things like that. So, you know, one of the biggest things that those mentors were, you know, ensured me that I was capable that, you know, hey, you know, you, you can do this. This is this is not some supernatural sort of uh, uh, ability that everyone has, that we all have this inside of us to to do these things. And if we just focus on them and and work and, you know, not not try to sort of change the world in in three weeks and just really focus in and work hard. Most of my mentors were, you know, sort of that, you know, just reassuring that, look, this, you can do this. You've, you've been involved in this industry for so long. You'll become very eased with it once you get past it. Cause yeah, I was nervous. I mean, I'd been in the business for a very long time, but you know, it never really rested on my shoulders like it does after that. So, sure. you know, it was good to have those guys that reassured me that one, that you can handle it, you know, it's not, not impossible. And then as sort of, we went through it, you know, they, anytime I would call them, they would answer the phone immediately. And 99% of the time I had the answer already. They just reassured me that, yeah, you know, that's, uh, you're, you're thinking right, which was great. Mentors are there for you. They, they definitely will take you out of your comfort zone, which is, something I'm very uncomfortable with, but I've learned to accept it, you know, comfort zone, get out of it. If you're there, you're not growing. <laughs> comfort zone, get out of it. That's the rough title of today's episode. Um, there you go, I, there you go. 
I really, I love that your mentors were just like, don't worry, Pete, you can do this. So many people have done this before. You too can do this. And it was really just instilling that confidence that you needed to go to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. They, 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 I still talk to them every, you know, every month I, I, I try to talk to these guys, you know, I have, have about four of them that I sort of bounce things off around. And also, you know, even people inside of our trade, you know, they, they're always willing to help. If you just reach out and just keep an open dialogue and, and keep those egos away from, from your personality that, you know, Hey, they're a competitor, but honestly, there's plenty of work out there for all of us and we can all work together. And the main thing is just keep those open, open to, you know, different opinions. You mentioned that one of the big changes you made was you didn't wear those five or six hats that your uncle and your dad did. You, you delegated a little bit more so you could maintain focus. What were some of the really big, if you can think of any like changes you made to the operation to maybe the types of services you offered, or even like, you know, you can talk a little bit about how you changed the way you guys advertise. Like, I'd love to know what was one specific thing that you really did differently that yielded really big results. Yeah, probably one of our uh, sort of biggest um, uh, changes was in our maintenances. We really started uh, trying to to focus on, you know, getting that repeat service. So when we're, you know, sort of have some downtime to really push forward with those and, and, and try to keep our, our memberships coming in because, uh, you know, they're, they're big, big part of our business, um, in, in the slow time. So that was one of the biggest ones. Uh, a, a lot of things sort of evolved. Um, when, when I took over the business, um, we only did heating and air conditioning. We didn't do anything outside of that. So, you know, I wanted to grow with that and, uh, I still want to continue to bring on other trades. We brought on electrical, you know, about five years ago, which is a big, big part of our business now. Um, just, just a lot of things, um, come out of that, that, you know, work for both, both of those trades um our customers really like it on our advertising you know we we had nothing before i mean it was 100 percent word of mouth um so it was really uncomfortable the first one of the first things that we did uh was uh, we put this big billboard up and of course uh we you know we feel like we we all need to put our faces on billboards in in the uh, advertising world and that was one of the big things you, you put your picture up on a, a billboard, which is really uncomfortable. It, it just seems unnatural to ride down a road and see yourself up on a billboard. Those are probably the biggest sort of aha changes that uh, we sort of went through is, is doing those different things, which was great for our business, um, no matter what. I love that. I think that's great. And I could totally relate to having your face somewhere where it wouldn't normally be. When I put my face on the toolbox for the trades website, I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> so I 100% relate. We talked a lot. We've covered so much great ground, Pete. I would love to know where will Bradham Brothers be in the next five or 10 years? Yeah, Bradham Brothers will continue to grow. We'll, uh, we'll take our same slow, methodical um, approach to growth. You know, right now we're... Uh, uh, we can put numbers to it and things like that. But, you know, uh, in, in the next five years, I can see ourselves growing 20, 30 percent as as far as gross revenue and things like that. At, at least I, I shoot for 10 percent every year. 
of course, we all understand that I always want to sort of step back and say, keep our brand and keep our customer service up. So uh, that's how I gauge our growth is, is very slow and methodical and keep that brand right. All right. This has been a great conversation, Pete. I have one final question for you. It has yeah. nothing to do with the trades. If you okay. had to choose a song to be the soundtrack of your life, what would it be? <laughs> I feel like I'm in a circus most of the time, but uh, you know, just to, I don't know if you if if you if you watch much or see much of uh, what it's called a mashup, um, where they take two songs and sort of make one one song sure. into it. I would probably say I have more like a, a song for my life would be sort of a mashup. I, I would probably lead off with uh, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses because it's it's definitely a jungle. You never know what's going on. And then I would probably say mash that up with probably, uh, I think the song is Toes Toes in the Sand by Zach Brown oh. Group. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. To- I think it's just called Toes by Zach Brown Band. Toes. It's a great song. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, it would be mashed up between the craziness of the jungle and then the the sort of serenity of laying back and and sort of saying, "Man, I you know I've got a great life." That would probably be that would probably sum it up uh, between those two mashed up together. That's incredible. And if we have any <laughs> talented DJs in the Toolbox for the Trades listenership <laughs> who want to create that for us, please do. Pete Bradham, yeah. thank you so much for joining me for Toolbox for the Trades. Oh, thank you very much. It's such a pleasure and I really appreciate it. Hey, Toolbox listener, if you enjoy Toolbox for the Trades, then I would love it if you left us a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps the show grow and helps us get discovered by more contractors like you. Are you looking to build a top tier service company? Service Titan's Contractor Playbook is a handy guide to help you get where you want to go. Authored by the industry's greatest minds, this free all-in-one playbook will help you set your company up for success. Learn how to provide excellent customer service, establish your company's culture, market to new and existing customers, and more. Just go to servicetitan.com slash getplaybook to access the free digital guide. That's servicetitan.com slash getplaybook.